DuckFee TV is a listener-supported podcast network, which means that you can directly help us by going to patreon.com slash DuckFeeTV and donating a couple of bucks. Thank you if you already do this, and if you do, you know all of the cool stuff that you get in exchange. Um, access to the Slack, the ability to recommend games for Cole and Gary to cover, exclusive podcast, podcast early, all kinds of wonderful, wonderful stuff. So thank you so much if you're doing that, and if you're not, please consider. Yeah. Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the podcast where Gary and I are covering uh, X-Men, fucking X-Men animated series. Gary, we're back. We're doing it. We're back to the X-Men. Yes. It's not, uh, it's not Apocalypse. No. It's not short-ass Apocalypse. It's, no. uh, it's regular-ass X-Men, even though it's not regular-ass X-Men. It's um, X-Men Evolution. We're uh, this has been a popular request for this podcast ever since we started this show. I think that was one of the very first questions that we got of like, when are you guys going to cover evolution? Like, what are you going to do after you do with the animated series? And um, I think both of us were a little hesitant to get into this one just because it was a little bit more modern and the the comedy fodder of those 90s uh, animated series was just too much to resist for us. Uh, but we are finally yes. here. I think both of us, as we've said before, wanted to get back to the X-Men, wanted to talk about some actual X-Men stuff instead of horny She-Hulk or <laughs> horny Hulk or horny regular Hulk or <laughs> horny Rick Jones or um, super belted Avengers. Uh, so now we're here. This is X-Men Evolution. What, what's your experience with this show in general? Did you watch it when it was coming out? Nope. Uh, I think I think I was thinking about that. Um, why a lot of people maybe requested this now that I watched it, and I think it might be an age difference thing. I think yeah. this might just be people's canonical cartoon X Men. Yes, uh, more than it is mine because this came out uh, in the the early two thousands, and uh, by that time I was a twenty year old, and I I didn't dislike X Men, but I was not really watching cartoons that weren't like Adult Swim and The Simpsons and such. I wasn't watching cartoons aimed at teens. Uh, anymore so i missed this completely i saw the toys a lot and i was like boy i don't like those designs and that was the extent of my <laughs> that was all your my appreciation yeah, yeah this came out in uh the first episode premiered on november 4th of the year 2000 uh i was just about to turn 21 and was not fucking concerned with 10 x man like i don't even remember hearing about this or seeing about it like i was in a whole different headspace um, obviously mm-hmm. like X-Men movies were still my jam. And uh, I remember like even going back to the original X-Men animated series back then and watching some of those, but like this, this stuff would have been too, too teenage for me too too like, I was too cool for it immediately. So I've, mm-hmm. um, way back, like several years ago when we started this show, since people were recommending it, I watched the first episode and I uh, was like, yeah, this is, this is fine, but I'm not going to spend time doing this while I also have to do other X-Men cartoons for, for the podcast. Um, so yeah. this is be my, this is going to be my first time through as well. What's your, uh, 
what's your kind of general feeling on it? Because we're we're covering the first episode today, and then um, the next podcast will have cover the episodes two and three. So we've we've watched the first three episodes. What's your what's your general feeling on it so far? It's a it's pretty uh, it's pretty challenging, I guess, as a thing because I have a, a bunch of instincts about this that are really negative. Um, because of a couple things, some of which I think will stand up over time, some of which I think will fade, right? And I'm I'm mirroring the same response to this when it came out to that X-Men fans had, which was resisting the changes uh that they've made in some of some of the characters and some of the setting stuff. Like I'm having an intense feeling of that. And I, I don't feel like that is valid. I think that'll fade as I kind of watch more of the show and grow to accept it on its own on its own terms. And then the things that I think that I'm having a negative experience about that are legit are more like, I just really don't like this animation style very much. I don't really like the, you know, the music choices in the show very much. Like the things that are about the kind of style of it, I, I don't know if they're ever going to win me over. I think the characters and setup and plots eventually will, um, especially based on looking online and, and the, the show kind of coming into its own voice in season two and becoming kind of about something. Um, but I don't know that I'm ever going to come around on, uh, like just, I don't know. We're like preppy, very popular car, <laughs> popular mechanics cyclops. Yeah, like it's, it's just a weird interpretation <laughs> of the character that I'm I'm trying to stuff down my my internet man that feels like it's a betrayal. Like I don't want to like be the person who's sending Ryan Johnson death threats over Star Wars, over Cyclops and X Men Evolution. But like, man, this is not my Cyclops, and I can't get that feeling out. You know. I, it, that's interesting because I'm not really I'm not having that reaction to it. I um I don't particularly care for the animation, although I feel I feel like it's perfectly passable. Like it's not it's not bad, right? It's just not particularly great either. It just it feels and it, all of it feels like a very much a product of its time and its goal, which was to well, it, like make these teenage X Men to make it more accessible to young people in the year 2000. So like the music choices we, all feel very yeah, much like yeah. that. <clears throat> and you know Spe- specifically the animation, like the way the figures are drawn, actually reminds me a lot of uh, Avengers United They Stand. Yeah, I could see that. Like the mm-hmm. the proportions and angles of the people, the kind of like lack of uh, line work, and just kind of really weird. Like there's a there's a an angle of incidence of jawlines in this show. Like there's like an angle of a jawline that is specifically that kind of thing where everyone's face is kind of long unless they're grotesquely round by which I mean they're toed. But if they're not toed, like they're just like this weird trapezoid shaped head with these really, really sharp angle, like jawline things that just looks really weird to me. And it's, it was the same thing they had in, in United they stand. I would not be surprised. These came out around the same time. Like that ended around the time this began, but there's a little bit of overlap. Yeah. It could be, could definitely be. I, um, I, I for the most part like the the character designs and things um are are okay like they're I just I feel like mm-hmm. this is going back and um like trying to watch something like Buffy right like it's just it's so much yeah. of a product of its time that uh it's it's kind of almost impossible to remove yourself from like it being 2019 and like you know why is why are they going to a club <laughs> why are these teens going to a club and listening to like a, a, a live band and ordering coffee like none of this makes sense this was very 1995 um but like the music is so weird and all over the place that some of it i actually find kind of good like the main theme is is, is perfectly fine i think for the mm-hmm. most part the uh 
but some of it, like some of the incidental music, like there's some like you're in danger music that I swear to God is a Don Henley song. Like it's just a you're fucking in danger. <laughs> you're in danger music. Yep. The, the you're in danger room is a whole different episode <laughs> that we need to worry about. P and P Music Factory is gonna fuck this shit up. <laughs> but the uh, well, the thing with the the incidental music that I noticed is it's like the individual tracks are not terrible it's the fact that there's always incidental music non-stop no matter what is happening yeah like it's really weird yeah. there, there's never like i like something I, I associate very strongly with the 90s uh cartoon and you know as much like right wrong or whatever like i feel like there's gonna be a lot of comparison to that cartoon because that's the long-running x-men cartoon that we spent years on and and really did a deep dive on um is that like really kind of soft swell ambient music that would happen when you know like wolverine was walking and it was dramatic you know mm -hmm. um and they would have this kind of, there'd still be music but it was like very soft and kind of ambient and the music here in the show feels like it is taking center stage like very frequently like it's it's things with strong melody lines um and percussion in the background of scenes that maybe you know don't need that don't necessarily need it yeah we've been watching yeah. some um killing eve are you familiar with that show um uh, i know that uh sandra oh is on it yeah That's so um but it's it's a it's, it's a it's a thriller about a you know a world assassin sandra is trying to catch her all this other stuff but like the second season started and we watched the first couple of episodes and there was one episode where it just felt like they had licensed one album <laughs> and like they were like we're gonna play this music <laughs> constant this is a 45 minute show and it's a 60 minute yeah. album so we have to put as much of it as possible to get our money in and sometimes this show feels like that a little bit like it feels like they just they, they had this stuff in hand so they just wanted to make it kind of like we have to make sure people are paying attention we have to be shouting out you know we have to be make, making noise at all times, even if like the scene maybe deserves to be a little quiet. Um, some yeah, of it's pretty yeah. catchy. Some of it's actually kind of decent, uh, but it's just it's just a lot of it. Yeah, it's it's not really about the quality of the music so much as just kind of its use, you know. And those are like I, I think that you know I said that like some of the things I'm never going to really get used to. I think that I could see them finding their level with that yeah. and maybe backing off a little bit. Um, the teenness of it is not inherently something that bugs me about it like when you say these look like they were redesigned for for teens i think that's true like they these kind of look like very of the time they're meant to appeal and the idea of it focusing on the on school is like this weird to me it feels like a monkey's paw kind of thing because like uh i guess i like watching it i don't really understand how they're both like do they go to two high schools yeah, because they, they go they go to a public <laughs> high school and also to xavier's and I don't know if that's supposed to, that's like extracurricular for them. And if so, surely Xavier could have thought about like, Hey, let's teach these people, <laughs> you know, let's, let's pull them out of school. Like I got, I got pulled out of school for having fucking lice. Like you can't pull somebody out of school for causing earthquakes. Like, I don't know. Like it, it just seems like I don't understand how they're in two schools. And I, the idea was to have a high school setting so you could have a high school drama. I wish they just said it in the school. Yeah, you know, I think the they get mutant high school. The big issue with that is that they wanted to include all of the bad kids, right? Like so so the setup for this to to give people who yeah. haven't read it or have not watched it yet um is, you know, Xavier's mansion is there. He's taking care of some high school kids. We're going to get introduced to uh some of our 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 main team including some people that were made up for the show. 
but the catch to this is like Gary mentioned, they all go to a public high school and Mystique is the principal. And she's yeah. she's got a shadowy figure that is extremely magneto. Like I don't know. Weird, but, weird ghost magneto. Ghost like, magneto. He, he looks he's a ghoul. Like he's he's a he's a he's a ghost from Pac-Man. He's just a floating cape with a helmet. Uh and he operates behind her at various points like i every single time they hinted at him i was like oh they're doing a shadow king shit oh oh shit and then it's not the shadow king it's fucking magneto and i'm like what is why is magneto like appearing behind you with sneaking up like does he magnetically teleport like what is this magneto (laughs) why is your shadowy boss standing outside of your window and whispering at you constantly like what is that what is this relationship that you have (laughs) he just like appeared out of nowhere like magneto the master of sneaking up you know, and like he's doing Mr. Sinister, like apocalypse shit. Like it is, it is very weird that it's Magneto. And every single time I'm surprised. <laughs> um, it's, 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 they call it, it's going to be the brotherhood, but it's really, uh, mirrors more something like the Hellions to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like it's like recruiting, rooting kids. So it's a little bit like instead of Emma Frost doing it, it's Mystique. Yes. Uh, recruiting a, a group of Hellions. So like, I like that the fact that they're the bad kids, I still think you could have done that in a school context. Like, not least of which if you did it like the Hellions, right? Like have the uh the, the Massachusetts Academy or whatever uh it was called. The um the the one that uh that Emma Frost ran. Yeah. And just have like two rival schools. Or just have, you know, I guess Xavier is a powerful telepath and not ethical in his powers, so you couldn't have anything operating under his his door, but you know, um having those kids just because they're not necessarily bad kids, like there is reaching out to them that even happens in these episodes, and I'm sure that they get they're not going to be villainous throughout. Yeah. I'm just, yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, but that's, that's so. kind of her role. Like in the first three episodes, we learned that she is, you know, number one, trying to spy on, on Xavier, uh, by inserting mm-hmm. mutant kids that are loyal to her into the school, into his school. And then also, mm-hmm. uh, like actively recruiting people for their quote unquote brotherhood. Um, I, I agree with you. Like, it seems like Emma Frost would have been a better fit here. Um, yeah. just, but the movie, when did X-Men one come out? Was that, that had to be this year, oh. right? Yeah, around around then. Yeah, so, so that's that's why Mystique was getting yeah. getting the the extra play. I feel like. And um and and she's better than the Mystique. I think that we're getting in the modern X Men movies. I'll say that out loud. <laughs> as, at least as far it. as like at least as far as voice and performance and stuff, like she's a little transparently evil mm-hmm. seeming in this, but she is uh, it's it's an like a her as kind of an Emma Frost figure. Like she's she's closest to Mystique in the when she first appears in animated series when she's working for apocalypse except she's working for magneto you know and it's so interesting to to go back to that after watching so many of the movies and being used to mystique being positioned as a hero for so long and yeah. now she is clearly very villainous oh yeah she's 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 extremely evil in this um which yeah. is which is fun like it's it's a good time yeah i um <clears throat> but part of uh so, th- so that's the basic setup. Like we're going to be spending time at, at technically both schools. This also kind of has some weird effects for me. Like, you know, in the very first episode, we're gonna we're gonna meet Kurt, aka Nightcrawler, and then by the third episode, like he's flying the Blackbird, and I'm like, that dude is 15 <laughs> years old, and that's how, like that's a super hunk, uh, <laughs> super hunk Scott Summers taught him how to fly it. If you recall, <laughs> I mean, sure, S- but super hunk mega jock Scott <laughs> Summers, extremely popular kid who loves cars and pussy, uh, decided to. <laughs> To, to teach him how to fly it because he knows how to fly a jet as well because that's that's scott yeah of course you know? yeah and he also yeah. has a convertible in high school he like, loves that's, them too. that's he dope. loves cars yeah he um, loves cars he loves football like these are the things that we know about scott summers the uh you know 
loves uh he loves cars and money and let's um, let's talk about the voice acting for a little bit uh yeah so yeah all of this was recorded yeah. in canada which has the weird knock-on effect of uh most of the people that are voicing main characters in the show have appeared on supernatural in, in the past <laughs> so like as i was doing my imdb dive i was like oh it's this person from like season one episode six that only appeared one time and then i got to magneto and was like oh this is kratos from the 2018 yeah. <laughs> god of war game that's that dude christopher what i can't remember christopher judge uh like that's fucking Kratos voicing Magneto. So we've got some. I think most of it, for me, is is, is really good and solid. Uh, the the one thing that the mm-hmm. one person that sticks out, and it's I don't even think it's because of the voice work. It's mostly the dialogue. Is Kitty Pride because they just literally wrote her as a Valley Girl. Like she's she's whateverine yeah. and yeah. like as if, and it's it's kind of hard did to listen. Call, to. Did you just call her whateverine? Whateverine is that like yeah. the casual <laughs> Valley Valley Girl Wolverine? Absolutely. <laughs> Whatever, 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 whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, I, I will also there's a weird thing. It will never be a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, there's a weird mismatch too because in the narrative, the way the characters treat Kitty Pride is if she is like a nerd, and they don't like her. But the it's like the voice actor didn't get any of that direction. She's supposed to be like an unpopular girl and kind of a wallflower, but the popular girls pick on her. But her voice is really sassy, like Valley Girl. Like, like she doesn't have any of that. Like, I don't think, I think that's one of the, you know, these characters are a mixed bag. I think for me, as far as how they come across, you know, they're not all bad. I I said that I didn't like the, the Scott Summers, which I don't, I don't like Kitty. Um, I think this is a fine Xavier. I think this is a good Jean Grey. Like Jean Grey actually to me works as kind of like a, a more popular girl in school Mm -hmm. because her power is really hidden. And because, uh, you know, I like Jean Grey as, as confident. Uh, which is a little bit of a change, but I, I actually like that. I think Rogue comes across like reimagining Rogue as like a young goth uh, makes tons of sense. Yep, agreed. You know, and and we talked about Nightcrawler, and I actually think Nightcrawler is pretty good in this because, like, yes, he's flying the Blackbird right away, but he's uh, him being kind of a goofball, you know, and just kind of waiting for, you know, he's like this wallet, you know, he's this like kid who's looks like this freak, and he's just like so. You get the sense he's just like so happy to be out and about and being his you know, his true self and being with people who accept him that he, uh, ends up having, you know, being, being really carefree. Uh, and I really like that. Um, you know, so it, for me, it is a mixed bag. Kitty is one of the, the characters who I don't think comes across really well. And you may be asking yourself, how do they have Nightcrawler at a, at a typical public high school where people don't necessarily know that there are mutants everywhere? And, well, did the show just hand wave that away by giving him a device that makes him look human and kind of sidestep in his whole situation for the most part? Like, it's, the, uh, <laughs> it, it's weird because that's that's the image inducer. That's definitely from the comics, and then it went away in the comics. Yeah, like seventies and eighties X Men, he has the image inducer, and then he get, and he turns into like a weird kind of nightcrawler looking like dude, and then uh, at some point, like probably because of uh, mutant pride reasons, decided to stop using it. But they they hand waved it here. Like this cast is really big, and we're still in like gathering the team mode. And there are still at least two other serious members that I know that they're going to introduce uh, to the team. Um, three. There's like Beast and Angel are going to show up as well. Um, on the Wikipedia, there's a picture of the entire roster. Uh, Colossus. Like this is a huge cast. Oh yeah. Um, actually. Um. So it's just kind of weird to like. I I know they wanted to get Nightcrawler in. Probably not for movie reasons, since this was when the first one came out, but probably just because they liked, you know, they had something they wanted to do with the character. Um, but they, yeah, they had to have him uh, uh, get rid of that aspect. And that's, it's kind of, to me, like I said, I, I think it's kind of refreshing 
to get rid of that a little bit and let Kurt be a happy kid. Yeah. You know? And he, um, and he adapts like very quickly. Like, he fits in really well. Him and Cyclops are, are super good friends. And um, notably here, like, two of our, our mainstay X-Men are, are aged up a little bit. Wolverine and Storm are both yeah. in their, what do you think, early 20s? In comparison. And yeah, Wolverine is in his up, early like, 120s, maybe, you think? Yeah. <laughs> not aged up to comparison to the characters we know, but compared to the teens. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, they're like the teachers. So, you know, and I'm fine with that choice as well. Me too. You know, they're being, like, an original, original X-Men and stuff, and those, those guys being teachers. I'm fine with with the choices of who they decided to make, you know, do it like the trio of Xavier, Wolverine and storm, like, you know, leader, leadery to me and, uh, and, and make a lot of sense. Um, so I am down for that. Um, the voice acting is generally good. I think that, uh, like I said, I, like, I like mystique as a villain. Um, but I think that her and Magneto is both like very, at least initially very transparent villains. Like they're just kind of talking about recruiting for a team, but I need Magneto to have an ideological core. You know, like Magneto needs to want something and and uh, be about something to be interesting to me. So I hope that he has one. I hope this isn't like world domination. Literally, you know, X-Men 1, episode issue 1, where the reason he's gathering a team of evil mutants is because he wants to shoot nukes at the Pentagon. And, and we should know if they do a, if they do a nuke the Pentagon episode episode I'm here for it yeah absolutely yeah like, I'm down. <laughs> like I will watch people walking around Spec Ops Evolution like I will I will watch people wander around Ground Zero of the Pentagon in this cartoon don't get me wrong. <laughs> Uh, and we, we should note too that one of the reasons the first season is is kind of panned so bad is because it spends quite a bit of time uh, recruiting all of our teammates and it spends a lot of time yeah. intro- introducing characters. So far in the first three episodes, it's basically been like, hey, here's a new character, and now we have to deal with some problems and like develop their character a little bit. Um, so uh, we, we're obviously going to get introduced to the show as a concept, and then in episodes two and three, we're going to meet Kitty and then Rogue um, or the Rogue we're, and we're, as Xavier likes to the call her, the Rogue mutant. <laughs> Um, we're we're uh, we're still introducing. I'm looking through the list of episodes, and we don't have an episode that isn't about introducing a new character until episode seven. Yeah. So the first six episodes are introducing people, and then in the back half of the season, there are still that you know it gets on track or gets on you know does the uh, story, but there are several episodes that do introduce characters like uh, Havoc gets introduced, Spike gets introduced, and stuff in the back half. So we are gathering the teams for quite a while, actually. Absolutely. And um, it's weird yeah. because the episode that I watched way back when was, um, I thought it had Spike in it. Uh, but when I went back mm-hmm. to watch the first three episodes, obviously, like, Spike doesn't show up. So I'm not sure what episode I watched thinking that it was the first episode of Evolution. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I just have this distinct memory of him carving up the, the basketball floor with his, with, his, with his bone powers. And I'm like, that's his you, titular spikes. You can't, you can't just do that. Like, that, that shit is expensive. <laughs> <laughs> they have a budget. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's coming back later, baby. Um yes. for for Spike fans. Um I'm gonna be really curious as to how this juggles the giant cast once it, it shows up, right? Like ensemble shows are, are difficult to do and, and the way that the animated series handled it was the uh, first season was all about the conflict and a lot of people were just bit players. Like there's not a gambit episode in the first season. Gambit's just in scenes, he makes a couple jokes throw some cards and that's it. Uh, and then the second season is when like everyone got their highlight thing. This is doing almost the opposite. Like where the first season, since it's all about recruitment is all highlight episodes. And then I think the second season is when it finds its plot. And it's going to be interesting to do that plot with this big of a cast. Like this already is going to have a bigger cast than the animated series. Uh, and 
once we spent so much time just doing these recruitment episodes, because you know, we're recording about three episodes today, we're recording two episodes of this. And I found things to like about all these episodes. Like it wasn't a slog, but none of them were like, yeah, like this is cool. Like the, the, you know, the, the end of the, the beginning of the animated series, like the, you know, the watch has been magnetized stuff is just so neat. You know, I didn't get any of that, like, hell yeah, feeling from these because we haven't really gotten the plot. We're just introducing people and going back to the status quo, um, you know, back at the base. And I just I wonder what, if that's going to pay off, you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see how this stuff is handled as well, because all of the characters that are that are on deck are pretty complicated characters just from an introduction standpoint. Like, I think X-23 shows up and like just yeah. you can't just you can't just plop X-23. Well, I guess Logan did pretty well, but <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. But like there, there's some backstory back. there that we have yeah. to we have to you know worry about, and like you know Iceman and Angel and Beast and all of these other characters that are standard X Men, yeah. as, as well as like some kind of weirder X Men um, stuff. So I'm 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 going to be kind of curious how how it all handles the the plot as well, and I'm I kind of agree with you. Like I I was I watched these three episodes and I wasn't I wasn't like bored by any means. Like I wasn't. I, it, and it, they're mm-hmm. not awful. They were just kind of slow. And uh, and to give it just a yeah. little bit of credit, uh, this is the first time that I've watched anything uh, for this podcast, excluding like movies and stuff that autumn has been into. Like she was watching this. uh, She she wasn't really watching it. She was looking at her phone while I was making notes on this. And she, um, and she, and she kind of looked up. She's like, this is actually pretty good. Like, this is the best X-Men stuff you've watched so far besides the movies. And I was like, yeah, it's, 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 I mean, yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, and I, yeah, compared you know, to it, it, the Hulk and uh, Avengers, which he had also seen from time to time, it's 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 better than than those. Uh, I like so far. I do not like this nearly as much as the original animated series, and I think that that's probably you know I'd be lying if I said there wasn't a little bit of just nostalgia, like in that, or just like what I'm familiar with. But I also think this is amazingly slow. Yeah, um, I think that like the the action choreography is not quite as good. There's not as much budget on this, and I think that shows. You know, like there's a couple like pretty dodgy special effects. There's a weird scene in the third episode um, where Rogue gets Nightcrawler's power and teleports, and she's just a series of still images, yeah, going through a through a backdrop. And I was like, oh, this was cheap. <laughs> like I was just I was just looking at the money they were saving uh, during this. It doesn't feel as cheap as United They Stand, which was the cheapest looking cartoon I've ever seen in my life. Um, but this is it. It definitely doesn't have quite the production. Which is weird because we know the number and it's $350,000 per episode. Wow. And I just like, that sounds like a lot, but I don't know anything about making cartoons. So who knows? I get, I apparently it wasn't, or, you know, the directors or production companies, like somebody was making too much money. There's uh, a, um, one of the, one of those other things is true. <clears throat> there's uh I don't remember how I stumbled across this, but uh, speaking of like the worst looking cartoons you've ever seen or like that have no budget or whatever. Uh, I stumbled across a mm-hmm. Highlander cartoon at one point. Have you ever, did you know this existed? <laughs> you know, I didn't until you just said it. Like I did know that, but I forgot about it completely. It's, um, so, it's, yeah. it sure is something special. Like, and it's doesn't have anything to do with, you know, you know, Duncan McLeod of the clam McLeod or anything like that. It's just like all in an alien <laughs> world. And like, there's these weird, it's fucking strange, Gary. Like everybody go look up the Highlander cartoon on YouTube and just watch the first like intro. Like you'll fucking have your mind blown thinking, what is this has to do with anything that I know about Highlander? So. I'm, I am way, way into it. I, I am <laughs> Are you watching it right now? Because that's ridiculous. <laughs> I, was, I was actually looking up um, the uh, comparative cartoon animated series budgets because mm-hmm. I, I realized I'd rattle off $350,000 like it meant something, but I had no idea uh, what to compare it to. 
Um, and the, the answer is, uh, something so like a Nickelodeon show or a Simpsons show. So kind of a mid tier, uh, thing. Um, so, uh, looks at the Simpsons Nickelodeon, which is usually between $600,000, $700,000 per episode. Oh, wow. Can cost quite a bit of money, but a higher budget, like a, a show that is nicer can usually in the United States can cost one to $2 million per episode. Wow. So, and cheap things. So like, uh, things like, like low budget stuff tends to be around 350,000 per episode, but like Invader Zim or Avatar, which were both very high end shows tend to be over a million dollars per episode. So now that, and that was originally how it was. The Simpsons was originally that cheap. The Simpsons now cost $5 million per episode to make. Um, but I think that is because, uh, the voice cast gets so much money. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they they gotta, they gotta, they gotta get the big bucks to to keep doing that for another 40 years or however long they're going to keep that show on. Yep. So for, for something like this, like, you know, I know that this is, that was not adjusted for inflation, right? Like this came out quite a while ago, but I, I still feel like this was likely in the lower end, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, of things and i just it, it's a shame because it shows you know and and that's gonna that's a knock-on effect of having a show about kids with powers because you have to animate those powers you have to do those special effect shots yeah things like that um and i think that's part of maybe also part of why the pace is so slow like so much of this uh these episodes is just students doing stuff and then like shadowy hints of plot which again is fine like I, i'm here for students doing students I guess, I guess like what I, what I wish, uh, there was more of is the, the students interacting with each other in this, like there's some of that, but we're so focused on introducing new characters and how they interact. Like we get, you know, Nightcrawler gets introduced. We get the sense that Nightcrawler and Cyclops are friends, but like, what if there was like a scene where it's Nightcrawler and Cyclops talking, (laughs) you know, it, it, it's really weirdly fast paced and slow paced at the same time. Yeah, they, they kind of skip past some stuff. Like, we do get that, that Cyclops and uh, Nightcrawler scene, but they're already, like, best bros at that point, right? Like, they don't use that yeah. time. Like, when they go chase after Wolverine or whatever in the second episode, like, they're already friends at that point. Like, that's not a bonding experience for them. Um, yeah. Which is which is strange. Like, you think they would they would use that. But again, you know, limited budget, probably, like, a handful of writers, like, please get this done as fast as you can so that we yeah. can get these people to, to, to voice it so we can animate it and all that stuff. So, like, I'm not going to knock them too hard for that kind of stuff. Uh, no, no, no. It, it, it is all understandable choices. It, yeah. It's just hard to not to compare it to like, you know, in, in, uh, animated series again, which like if people hate me comparing those two, like you're going to get annoyed season. Um, it's just like the, 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 Oh, here's beast and rogue playing pool and reading magazines. Yeah. You know, like remember how there'd be like setup <laughs> shots like that. I was just like, Oh, this oh, makes yeah. us feel or like so much time in the kitchen. Like that just made that feel very lived in. It's one of the things that I didn't really realize I loved about that show until we covered it. Um, but it just felt like you got a real sense of what like daily life was like these people when they weren't dealing with emergencies. This is really weird that even those bonding experience where they talk, it's on the way to go deal with an emergency, you know? And it's like for something that is about high school kids, like I would love to see like these kids interact in classes and not have it lead to discovering a new mutant. Sure. You know? Yeah. Just um, and actually we'll just get living that. there. Yeah. Like just yeah. like, I really hope we'll get to that. Yeah. Really hope so. And I think we might. Right. Um, and we should note too, uh, as far as the show schedule going, it, the podcast schedule is going to be, uh, we're going to be covering these with the exception of this episode. Um, and I haven't looked in the future to see if there's an even number of episodes in the later seasons, but, uh, we're going to be doing two episodes of the show per podcast. So that's, mm-hmm. that, that's your schedule for the the rest of this. And there's four seasons. The fifth season was canceled. Uh, and just looking through some Wikipedia summaries, it seems like this thing's going all over the place, but I'm not surprised this was, this was canceled. I can't imagine it making it to a fifth season and people being like, really hanging on to it or anything like that so 
It was uh it was critically uh appreciated. Yeah, it like, like, it like I, got I read, some awards. Like that I, I read that on Wikipedia yeah. and I was like, wow, what? <laughs> you know, I, I read on, on Wikipedia they were talking about their response and most people generally really liked it, and then I went and read some of those reviews and that's what made me feel so embarrassed about having a negative reaction at all is just because like it was something that was semi controversial with X Men fans because they didn't like that they were teens, they didn't like the changes of the characters and I like to think that for me, it's like, it's not like, oh, I don't like this because it's adaptational. Like, I like adaptations. I think of like, you know, the X-Men movie is an adaptation. Like, both of both of them have been. And I'm fine with adaptation. It's more just that pace and kind of, uh, you know, some of the stylistic choices yeah. more than just that. But it was really uh, well-loved, at least when it came out. And, uh, you know, there are people who agree with Autumn. Like, there are a lot of people who are like, this is the best presentation of the x-men period mm-hmm. in media which i do not think is true uh at least so far but prove me wrong x-men evolution prove me <laughs> wrong uh so i guess with that that's probably the everything we need to cover before getting into it do you want to introduce us to our first episode yeah yeah so this is uh, x-men evolution season one episode one uh the title is called strategy x don't know about that um directed by gary graham written by <laughs> craig kyle and greg johnson uh, original air date november 4th the year 2000 uh when high schooler todd tolansky uh Barbara toynbee uh starts exhibiting toad-like mutant powers <laughs> mystique sees a perfect opportunity to get a spy into the xavier institute meanwhile the x-men recruit new member a uh, new member as kurt wagner uh joins xavier's school to learn to harness his mutant powers um, starting with a Toad episode is a really strong move on this because for some reason Toad talks and looks like Joe Pesci in Home Alone. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It is very distracting. <laughs> the, like I had that same, I had yeah. that same thought. Um, it's, Who and he doesn't, kid? I hate him. I hate him. Nope. Nobody hate. does this. Like nobody leans into their like character work this as, as much as Toad does on this show either. either. Like everybody else mm-hmm. is maybe with the exception of Magneto, and I think that's just the fact that it's just Kratos being Kratos. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop like being tripped out that Kratos is in this show. By the way, like I'm just I'm just it's, bored it's by it. weird. Um, just Kratos is being Kratos is uh, is the name of your blog. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a place to see Kratos just hang out and eat fucking s'mores and stuff. Well, it's like it's like when Aaron Sorkin wrote The West Wing, but it was set in the the Norse mythology world. It was let Kratos be Kratos, yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. let Bartlett be Bartlett. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kratos's will be Kratos, says the judge, <laughs> the, the exonerating the man for a series of chain knife slaying. <laughs> um, yeah, you, your, 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 your axe is attached to your hand. You can't, you can't get rid of those in the courtroom, my friends. <laughs> like those, it seems uh, a little. Oh, you're covered with the ashes of your dead wife permanently. <laughs> Take a shower, dog. <laughs> that seems like maybe you just making the prosecution's point for them, Kratos. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> for Exhibit A, my client step up onto the table. Kratos <laughs> um, shall lie here. Ex- exhibit B. Here's Zeus. He's going to tell us what he did. <laughs> yep. Oh man, God of War. That's a that's a weird series. Mm-hmm. So we start out at a uh, at a high school football game, and uh, they they the football team is running plays. The quarterback runs the ball and gets a first down. And Jean Grey shows up with a camera to start taking pictures for her quote personal collection, which I found yep. like why not just the school newspaper? Like a personal collection is super weird. <laughs> like it's very very odd. I think it was her being flirty. I think the idea was this is this is hormone Jean. I guess I guess you know? is Jean very horny in this? Like I mean, 
She's, well, I think I, this line is. I don't think she is after this point, but I think the like this is actually from my personal collection is undeniably like a, a pretty hard flirt. <laughs> it's a very gambit move of like, oh, I'm just taking yeah. pictures of all the girls in the girls' bathroom for my personal Wait. collection. <laughs> <laughs> what if later? What if? Episode four, Jean Grey goes to the bathroom and she's really upset and stuff. And then a shadowy gambit appears behind her. And is like, you got them pictures for me. <laughs> Just, you recruit them for my phone book. Um, <laughs> binders full of mutants, yeah. Binders full of mutants. <laughs> I got binders full of football boys. Gambit studied them to get tip. I know Gambit shows um, up in this. Did you look up uh, who plays him? Is it anybody interesting? I, I don't want to ruin the surprise. Okay. I want the first time Gambit shows up on this to just like add to the League of Extraordinary Gambits in my head. Oh my god! I just uh, looked it up and it's it's somebody that I know real well. That's crazy yay. who that is. <laughs> That's okay. I, I love it. Cool. We'll just we'll I get there, it. guys. <laughs> wow. I, I can't wait. I literally cannot wait. More it's Gambit. Not, it's it's not someone you would ever expect talking with a Cajun accent. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I am uh, I am so into it because you got you got classic Gambit, and then I still haven't forgotten fifth season X Men animated oh, series boy. Gambit. That sounds oh, like a mutant boy. snake. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Gambit don't know about that. Um. So anywho, uh, the uh, quarterback. Notice his toad. Toad is stealing wallets from the stand. Yes. Uh, and uh, the uh, the coach says, "Hey, can I can I leave for a minute?" Uh, coach gives him because he's going to go beat up uh, Toad. But she's like, "These are very like cop focused quarterbacks." Um, and Cyclops uh, drops a quarter, and Toad steals that as well, and a wallet. So Cyclops is going to investigate Toad at the yes. same time. I love the idea that this coach, uh, like when they asked him to like, Hey, can we, can we, can we just disappear from the field for a while in this football game? And he like looks the at the, the score and he's like, sure, whatever, man, I, <laughs> yeah. they don't pay me enough to keep you on the field. <laughs> whatever the yeah. fuck you want to do. This you I'm a high weird. school football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a high school football teacher. I don't care that uh, teacher. I don't care that much. I hope the reveal um, is that the coach is apocalypse in season three. Like that's going to be my, man. I would, <laughs> I would love it so much. I hope everyone works for the school. Who's a villain. I hope yes. the janitor is fucking, mojo like i want everyone to be cast as like villain high why is omega red the guidance counselor that seems like a terrible idea i recommend you grab life and drain it excuse me i recommend going to communist russia and take it over the homeland how is your russian technique going I, i'm not taking russia mr red i uh, take russia i just came in Trust here to talk mr. about red. majors yeah. not russia <laughs> russia is very major um yeah that'd be astounding i hope it is villain high yeah so the um, uh the football team rolls up on on toad and starts doing like classic bullying maneuver and uh scott yeah. shows up to, to to stop this from happening and um like this is very like late 90s early 2000 like kids fashion that they've got him in like it's dude it's like they've got he's got like weirdly baggy pants and in, in a way that um autumn showed me a magazine the other day that i'd never heard of and I, I apologize i can't remember the name of it but it was some like uh teen fashion magazine that was like basically mm -hmm. a sears catalog but for like rich preppy girls that kind of wanted to be goth and she's like oh yeah me okay. and my friends would like look through this every single month and, and like really want all these clothes and she was like showing 
showing me images of it and it was literally like oh you want to dress like the girls from clue or from from whatever you know what i'm oh, saying gotcha. like it was that, that Cl- kind of clueless stuff. i clueless i said not clue, clue- <laughs> <laughs> you want to dress like miss peacock from clueless yes <laughs> it'd be much more interesting if the 90s everybody dressed up like clue <laughs> i would be oh, man. All, all just the girls though the girls are way into the fashions from clue <laughs> Yeah, guys are wearing fucking umbrella shorts and like, what the fuck is going on with my girlfriend? (laughs) (laughs) She got me a hat with a feather on it. I don't know what to do with this. I'm 16. Do what you want. Do what you want with Mr. Body. Um, Um, He tries to stop the football players. And of course, they uh, they're not listening to 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 Scott, who would normally be like a a nerd in this. But as you've mentioned before, like he's he's kind of a ruggedly handsome and uh, pretty confident guy. Like he's he's very preppy. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing here is he threatens to use his power is he kind of like, and I, one of the things that happens in these episodes, I understand this is a kid's cartoon, is they go really out of the way to introduce everyone and their powers in a way that I don't think is very organic. Um, but I had like, I had a moment of like, hey, put on the brakes here because I was like, oh, is, is it not hidden that he has his powers? Like, wh- should he be doing this? You know, he doesn't actually do it, right? Like he just threatens to, he doesn't actually do it. But just like this, this, the sense of him, like just kind of shooting a little, a little bit of an eye laser behind his eyes, like. You with, I was just like, why, why isn't this a secret? You know, like, are you, uh, why would you even think about doing that? Because aren't you scared someone's going to find out you're a mutant? And now that I've watched the show, I don't know whether people are scared that people will find out they're mutants. Like I don't, part of the, the problem with the show for me is I just kind of don't get it. Like, I don't think they do a good job of establishing the stakes. I don't know what happens to mutants in this world. I don't know what mutants mean in this version of the world. And I don't know why they go to two high schools. And those things, it feels to me like should have been really basic things to set up. And I don't think they spend time on that exposition at all. Yeah, it definitely you feels know? like, um, you know, the deleted scene in Apocalypse where the all the teens go to the the mall and, and go celebrate. And like nobody is looking at Nightcrawler weird, right? Because I guess everybody's accepting yeah. of mutants at that point. Like it almost feels that way here. But then again, they give Nightcrawler the, the doodad to make him look like a normal dude. Yeah. And it's so it's 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 a really strange setup. And it's like, again, every time we're introduced to somebody finding out about their powers for the first time, they're freaked out about it, as you might imagine. But they also don't know that they're mutants. Like they never go like, oh, this means I'm a mutant. And like Kitty's parents don't be like, oh, my God, you're a mutant freak or anything. They're just like, you're sick. And we're we're a little scared. Something's wrong. Totally. That's exactly it. So like if people still think of powers as being that kind of thing, just like I don't understand why they're used so casually in the high school. Which seems like wouldn't have been a problem if they set this in a fucking mutant high school. Yeah. Like, why this just wasn't the academy? Because, like, then all this stuff would make sense. I And if they leaned into it, they're like, hey, everyone has to hide their powers. But people ain't hiding shit in this show. Like, it is, it's just really, you know, nobody does that. Or just a couple and, minutes of establishing yeah. narration of, like, the year is not, it's the year 2000. You know, mutants and humans are living in a somewhat peaceful coexistence after the yeah. blah, 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 blah. You know, there so people are, like, out, but, like, it'd be super bad for Cyclops to shoot a fellow student with some fucking I-beams, right? To- <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but what, like, so what, ha- what, I, what makes me, what this makes me think of is for the show is, like, are they going to do storylines about mutants being persecuted? If so, how are they going to rectify this? If not, like, is it like, how good of an adaptation of the X-Men can it be? Not that I'm not, you know, I, I think that story has been done a lot, right. But like just the, like the X-Men without the point of the X-Men doesn't feel like a successful thesis to me. Like if this is not a, you know, the X-Men are, are, you know, superheroes who protect a world that fears and hates them. If the world doesn't fear and hate you, uh, then you're not really the X-Men. You may as well just be like Avengers Jr., you know? Yeah. 
So I'm just kind of curious as to what they'll do with it. I don't know if it's sloppy or unestablished or the, the, the theme is going to evolve or I'm, you know, maybe I missed something, but I just kind of had this sense of like, why is he threatening to use his powers? He knows he has his powers. He knows how to control them. He knows all this stuff by the time we're getting here. Uh, you would think that Cyclops would be smarter than that. Like he's not usually a prep, but he's at least not like somebody who's going to willy nilly break the rules about whatever Xavier set in stone you know about this and if he's like that kind so. of dude like if he's the kind of dude that is that leans towards like oh in a, in a moment of anger i'm going to lean on my x-men powers or my, my you know my cyclops powers mm-hmm. like that that needs more <laughs> like i need to see yeah. that because it doesn't really happen again he just it's just this one time where he's like oh, these guys are kind of assholes and i'm gonna shoot him with an eye laser because yeah. that's what i I'm do gonna... but then not actually do that um yeah instead he knocks uh one of them down Toad leaves. He he escapes, and two of the uh, football players um, chase after him. But the quarterback attacks Scott and uh, causes his glasses to to come off. Which uh, he shoots a, a giant beam into a billboard or something. It causes this huge explosion, and that's our 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 time for the intro. And uh, we should probably spend yep. a little bit of time talking about the intro. I think it's I think it's pretty good. I like it. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I I think that the uh, the guitar focusedness of it is that it's like definitely kind of like. They, you know, they know the original animated series uh, intro is so loved, you know, so there's like little bits of this that feels like it's kind of quoting some of the tone mm-hmm. from it, but it's also updated. Um, and it's mostly introducing the cast. Yes. Like mm-hmm. the, the introduction is uh, similar to the last one. It's like people's name and then they're like uh, kind of showing them do a thing. Yep. Um, the, the only thing I don't like is uh, Nightcrawler doing the Roger Rabbit on top of a table. Um, every single time it's kind of like, oh man, like this is annoying. Like, like, like go nightcrawler, go nightcrawler is not a thing that I need to have happen in the show. I think it will. But. Go Kurtman, go Kurtman, go, go Kurtman, yeah. go Kurtman, go Kurtman, go. <laughs> you know, I, I think that's the Roger Rabbit, whichever one is the, uh, yeah, where you put your fist together and make them like a circle. I don't, I have no idea about dance moves, man. I have, I've got no clue. Yeah. So. The um, but like a very '90s dance, like a dance that uh, uh, Carlton would do on Fresh Prince. Um, the uh, but the intro is pretty good. I I like watching. I like the song. Yeah, so, me, me too. So. Um, after the intro, uh, Xavier rolls up in his super expensive Rolls Royce uh, to to kind of mm-hmm. survey all of this damage, and um, Gene jumps up, grabs Cyclops' glasses, and like gets it gets him over there to him while he's kind of moping on the ground. He's like, "Oh man, I can't believe this happened." Uh, meanwhile, the cops are interviewing the the quarterback and the football players, and uh, it's a strange coincidence he can't actually remember what happened. And the the yeah. cop is very suspicious. And then the cop just says, "Oh, it's a propane tank explosion," because you definitely keep propane tanks next to football fields <laughs> at a high school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is definitely Xavier being the unethical Xavier that we not really love and know, <laughs> and just literally yeah, wiping people's minds <laughs> that we know and yeah. know. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um. And and it's like a good thing he showed up to show up and erase everyone's mind every single time this happens. I guess. <laughs> um, I, I wonder how many times these people's uh, memories have been erased or just rewritten by Xavier from some dumb constantly. shit that Cyclops and Gene have done. Right? Because this, this is Gene and Cyclops knowing their powers and being fairly established. Like at some point they just got them. Like Xavier probably just followed them around, just zapping everyone's memory, like constantly. <laughs> The, uh, you know, ground, ground zero for weird brain damage, psychic brain damage in this, uh, in Bayside. Yeah. Or Bayville. Bayside is, uh, Saved by the Bell. I think that's intentional. Um, the, uh, so Gene is, is upset that the, the quarterback got, uh, got hurt in this or is, had his memory erased during this. 
Uh, and Toad comes up to thank Cyclops, and this is where we're introduced to Toad's voice a little bit more. Um, which again sounds like Joe Pesci. It's like my cousin Vinny has walked up to thank Cyclops. Um, and he eats a fly. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just picturing like Toad in the place of that kid and my cousin Vinny and just having a great time with it. But yes, please continue. <laughs> um, one thing I, you know, to say something really nice about this, one of the things that I, uh, weirdly enough, in all of these episodes, it's the treatments of the villains that I like the most. Mm-hmm. And I love that Toad is like this kind of like dirty crime kid. Yeah. You know, like a lot of people talk about his smell is like clothes are, are gross and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is like this is a high school kid. Like I was this kid for like a, a year or two in middle school. You know, I wasn't eating flies and and uh, and and talking like Joe Pesci. But I, I was, you know, like having like the, the quote unquote, like dirty kid was definitely a trope in my high school. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The you kid know? that you that you kind of hated to make fun of if you thought about it for easy long. But like you, you still were yeah. like, oh, man, dude, like. Get, get get a bath like just go take a like, bath yeah, at the end of the day like you don't want to be mean but at the end of the day like grab a bath you know and it's like there, you don't know what's going on in that kid's home life there's lots of reasons for it and stuff at the same time though like there's like the, like a low like a low-hanging fruit kind of element to this and like i like that the first character they introduce is such a real high school kind of trope sure yeah you know um, except they make him literally eat guard, like eat bugs. So there's something kind of like not super progressive about making him literally eat bugs. Yeah, that's so. that's that's kind of gross. <laughs> like that's not a yeah. good thing. I mean, I know he's he's literally named Toad, and his name is Todd Talansky, which is just a mouthful. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not great, but they do they do a good His job. Mutant of making power him... to jump and have a tongue also makes him eat flies. I guess. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Um, or do you think he's just like hungry and just figured out what he could do with his tongue one day? Was like he's like the kid that eats boogers, like and he's proud of it or something. <laughs> like these yeah, is a tasty snack that grows in my nose. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't have to go to the canteen to get a Snickers. I can just use that <laughs> jar of flies over there. Satisfies it. Just use the Snickers up my nose. My nose Snickers. <laughs> just got a lot of nose Snicker. Um. Yeah. So we go, we, uh, we have a brief scene of uh, Storm and Xavier waiting on the train uh, for Kurt to get off. And um, and he does. And he's like all trench coated up, if I remember right. And like, you know, trying to, mm-hmm. to, to, to disguise himself, basically. Uh, but we don't spend a lot of time there. We instead go over to Wolverine, um, mm-hmm. who is riding around on his motorcycle. Did you look up the voice actor for Wolverine? Like the guy's IMDb I, profile picture is hilarious. Like it's just a. Uh, yeah, I did, I did look up all. I looked up all these dudes. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty good. It's pretty funny. Um, but he um <clears throat> he rolls up to a gas station and grabs a newspaper and sees like some shit is going down back home. Uh, and then he also like slice opens a beer with his with his <laughs> claws just so we make sure mm-hmm. we know who we're dealing with. And uh, Gary, I don't think that there's any way we can help ourselves but compare the Wolverine from the animated series to X-Men Evolution and find yeah. this Wolverine coming up wanting in almost every fact and every every he's way. He's pretty here it's like he's he's pretty rough. When he's uh the all the stuff with Sabretooth is really annoying to me. Yeah. Uh about this that's that's coming up. This is not great. And again I had that feeling of like why are you chopping off the top of a water bottle in front of this convenience store clerk? Like I don't know. It just seems like you would keep a low profile because you know, that's what you would do uh, as a mutant in this world. But you know, no problem. Just like freaking out people uh, here. And it's also like, he's coming back to this. The show doesn't express this super well, but I think the idea is he has not been on the teaching staff for a while. And he's deciding to come back. Yes. At this point. Um, because when he walks outside, we see Sabretooth uh, has been stalking him. Um, and uh, on their, their twin motorcycles, which you can buy. 
I was like, oh, this looks feels like merchandising. And I looked online and looked at the toys. And I'm like, oh, yeah, motorcycle, you know, Wolverine motorcycle and the Saber cycle are both like for sale. I saw, um, <clears throat> I didn't pick up on this uh, during the first three episodes, but uh, somebody on the trivia page mentioned that Wolverine has two different motorcycles, one from when he's in uniform and one from when he's without his uniform. <laughs> and that's just a, just a baller play, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like some people have a Sunday driver, but like having a whole different car for a set of clothes is pretty uh, fucking dope. <laughs> I'm just glad that they continue the xavier pay car currency <laughs> oh yeah absolutely <laughs> the currency uh the currency. Yeah. uh but yeah we do we do see Sabretooth like on a hill watching wolverine as he decides to uh go back to the mansion uh we go back to the mansion where uh as presumably it's morning time uh and scott is hassling gene for spending too much time in the bathroom because you know she's a girl and there's only one bathroom yeah. per floor on the x mansion <laughs> it's one bathroom period that's <laughs> the worst it's a sim social experiment <laughs> gone wrong yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man I, I didn't somebody told me the other day that you could get a game over in the sims they uh it's uh z chocobo he's on the duck feed slack and he was mm-hmm. like yeah i got a I got a game over in the sims within like two hours of starting to play and i was like i've never played the sims before and i was like i didn't i thought you could just keep playing like i don't i don't know how do you get a game over in that game so yeah I learned, if, uh, I learned all, if you're if you all your people die you know then you have to make new people like it's not like permadeath like it doesn't delete your your file or you delete your uh, Hideo Kojima, the Sim Six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's all cutscene. There's no there's no character at all. It's just literally about war. It's him waxing philosophical about war. Um, hours of cutscene. They go um, they go downstairs to meet Kurt. Uh, Scott is not just but kind of just mildly surprised that Kurt looks the way that Kurt does. And um, Xavier takes this opportunity now that Scott is in front of everybody to scold him for losing control of his powers, which kind of feels like this should be a one-on-one conversation, but you know, Xavier yeah. going to Xavier. So <laughs> also design him a fucking visor or something. Seriously. Like, stop sending him to public school. You fucking idiot. Like that would solve all of these problems. Get, get him one of those wraparound things. So his glasses don't fall off. Like this is an yeah. easy, this is an easy solve. <laughs> well, they don't have Swim goggles. They don't have a science guy yet. Right. Like not yet. <laughs> Yeah, so, they will. Uh, <clears throat> um, Scott has a great line here, which I might cut in. Come on, Professor, I'm packing a bazooka behind each eyeball. What do you want from me? Which I just find very <laughs> hilarious. Think <laughs> <laughs> some bloodborne shit. Um, the uh, I really like it. Uh, they're like, yo, Nightcrawler. He's like, what can you do? Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler teleports around. Kind of shows off. Everyone's going to show off their power in this. Yes, um, because it, it, it's trying to establish that. Um, then they play some some like kind of hip hop music. Pops in. Like weirdly loud in the mix. Yes, uh, here this is very strange. <laughs> like it's a it's a tonal shift that I was I'm very confused by. Like it's just it's just a it's just weird bad hip hop. But like that that you know it's it's a white guy trying to recreate like a, a certain New York kind of sound. It feels like and not doing a very yeah. good job of it. When we say when we say hip hop, we don't mean like just background music. It's like there's vocal music through this. And looking at the Wikipedia, there are songs that uh, have vocal themes that are about the characters like there is a toad song in which the lyrics spell out toad that's coming later so look forward to that um yeah so toad uh, toad gets called in the principal's office this is it's like and, some bullshit jim morrison thing would do right like like if, yeah. you, if you write down all the lyrics of this song it spells out i'm the witch doctor or some shit like, like, <laughs> <laughs> the fuck are you doing it's the lyrics spell out toad Christ. Yeah, the, the, uh, <laughs> so, uh, Toad gets called in the principal's office. Everyone's making fun of how bad this kid smells, which it's like, come on, you're the goddamn principal. Um, and the principal encourages, uh, him to like get close to Scott and the other. 
um, and then others, you know, the other, the other kids and then turns into this monster, like, which again, I was like shadow King, uh, in order to, to scare him because this is of course mystique. Yes. Yeah. Which we don't know yet, but that's, that's what it is. I mean, I think I, they have, I guess they have not revealed that yet, but yeah, I thought it was, yeah, yeah. I never had the shadow Isn't King it? vibes that you, that you had. So I, I never, that never even occurred to me. So. I think it was just like this, this spooky psychic sounding voice uh, that Magneto had or, or everything. How weird is it when they introduce a nightcrawler's bedroom and he gets this palatial huge bedroom? It's very strange, right? Like how many it, rooms, like you would think that there would be just be a dorm, right? Like it, why? Yeah. And I know, I realize this, this is his family mansion that's been ad- adapted, but like you, you could still subdivide these big rooms and, and house a few more students in it. Like you don't have to give everybody a fucking suite. That room is bigger than my apartment. Like no joke. <laughs> like, yeah, I was just like, what is this? Like, he's like, is this room for me? And they're like, you got it champ. Uh, and he's very excited. And then uh, they give him a, a, a he's just kind of like, finally a place where I can be myself. And they say something like, you know, uh, well, actually, you know, uh, you can be yourself, but we have this thing for you and give him the, the, the image inducer. Yeah. Part of the requirement um, of being here is hiding who you are and going to a public high school in a language that you just yeah. happen to know, even though you're from <laughs> Germany. <laughs> we need to send you to high school. Why? Don't worry about it. Like, it's just, just like everyone goes to high school here. Uh, oh, um, man, that's funny. Um, so. Yeah, we, so we go, we go to the school. Uh, Toad walks up to Scott while they're they're having lunch and tries to uh, start making friends with him in his weird like yeah New York thief kind of way. Uh, and he has a, he has a, this. I'm glad you call out this line because it's very weird. He's like, I'm surprised you can see through those Smokies of yours. And Smokies mean sunglasses apparently. And I was like, is that Canadian slang or something? Because I've never heard that before in my life. But back around the time that the show was airing, uh, one of my friends found a uh, a book of uh, insults and racial slurs that were from like the 1920s and 30s. And Smokies used to okay. definitely be a racial slur to black or African-American people. Man, um, I believe it. Yeah. And yeah, like this is this is kind of like that time that the From Software Facebook account called all of the Dark Souls fan darkies and was like, hey, darkies. Yeah. <laughs> and like, no, dude. Yeah. Like whoa, maybe dude. not. Yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Yeah, please, please do, do not do so. Um, so th- this whole scene, like Toad is trying to ingratiate himself. He's really garbage at it. Like he's a creep. Like he takes the sunglasses with his super tongue, um, and then Cyclops is like, "I need those." He's trying to tease him to admit that he's a mutant or what have you. And then he gives them back. They're all covered with slime. He's like, "Oh, I'm just like you." He's like, "Oh, what? We're both covered with slime." And he's like, "No, you know." Uh, and he does a little mutant demonstration he's like let's hang out uh and scott like i'm you know scott doesn't want to hang out with you i'm the most popular kid in school uh, <laughs> Scott's like, so do you see the redhead that i live with my man i'm not yeah, bringing exactly. you around like what the fuck is your problem yeah. i get to smell that girl's comb <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just there for me my man i could i get that all to myself on the weekends you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah anytime she's not using it she basically gives me sniffs so like <laughs> Need you to put your tongue away and go home. Whatever that is. <laughs> I've been watching. Uh, I've been watching Doom Patrol on. Uh, oh yeah, and uh, I heard that's good. It's extremely good. Like the the last episode is is this week, and um, I've I mean they've done you know if you you know classic Doom Patrol stuff like Flex Metallo and Danny the Street and like pulled it off in amazing ways that I just that's awesome. I, I can't believe. Um, but they did, and I don't remember this from the comics that I read, but they did the Beard Hunter. 
and um mm, i remember him and yeah like the, i'm sure in the comics it's not quite as gross but like seeing an alive like dude like grab some beard hair and eat it to be able to track somebody down was one of the <laughs> grossest experiences of my life like me and me and autumn were cringing like as this dude is just like and he loves it gary like he is fucking having a great time and i we just like, can barely look at the fucking screen like ugh, ugh, gross uh, anyway yeah i gotta i gotta i gotta watch that i love uh love doom patrol yeah it's on that it's on that shitty dc tv streaming service but like there's a there's a week trial if you feel like trying to binge 15 episodes mm. at one time and then also watching that fuck batman show that they that came out yeah. with that nobody remembers so <laughs> um so yeah uh we go over to xavier uh who is hanging out in his study when the alarm goes off and he just walks or not excuse me he rolls right over to uh the wall which opens up and to reveal cerebro um and scott calls in to tell xavier like hey the weird smelly kid in high school is trying to hang out with me like how do i how do i maintain my cred (laughs) (laughs) you're you're my father figure you're supposed to help me out with this (laughs) um yeah, and Xavier says, you know, you don't need to bring him in. Like, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. He, we don't need him. I am reading your mind, and I can smell him from here, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, so Kurt Kurt walks in at this point is confused about Cerebro. So we learn about what Cerebro does, of course. Yes. And Xavier asks Kurt, like, puts him on an X Men mission immediately. Uh, you find out more about Toad. You know, new guy. Um, a lot of so much trust from Xavier uh, with his brand new recruits to do X-Men shit right away. I guess just because he knows he can just roll up and erase everyone's minds and let them try again. Yeah. You know? Like, there's save states in this world. Yeah, Xavier um, is the bonfire of X-Men Evolution. Yeah, <laughs> you can just always go back exactly. to the bonfire. Just get reborn <laughs> from his brain. The um, So that night, Toad is breaking into the mansion grounds, like, you know, because he was told to find out about them. Um, but Storm shows up and uh set some weather on him makes it rain and then chases him around by hurling lightning bolts at him which sounds way sillier as a sentence than i mean it's silly on the show but it is yeah. it's a very funny image and um kurt is wandering around and he's just all of a sudden got a brand new x-men uniform like i really i really appreciate that xavier was like yep we're gonna bring you from germany to america we're gonna give you a doodad yeah. that makes you look sh- straight up like <laughs> yep. a like a white prep and also here's yep. this weird outfit <laughs> that teleports I, around I, with I, you. <laughs> I, I I downloaded your measurements from your brain. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Z- Xavier, this inseam is amazing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. I know, my son. <laughs> so, so yeah, he um, um, so, Kurt's wandering around, and uh, Toad barges in, basically trying to trying to escape uh, Storm. Uh, they start fighting while like all of the hip hop music starts playing and uh, they basically start chasing each other around the mansion and knocking over shit and, um, and, 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 and breaking stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then Xavier comes up and he says, like, he shuts down the test. Like this was a test for toad. There's a lot of things that get reframed as tests uh, <laughs> yeah. in this in this series. Does something seem strange um, on X-Men evolution? Oh, it's Xavier it giving somebody a test. <laughs> Don't worry. It's a test. Um, so he says like, you know, Toad, you may join us. We'll teach you how to use your powers. We're like you, um, you know, but Toad's like, the only thing I want is that we are demons hit on a planet. Yeah. Uh, and he tackles Kurt, uh, Nightcrawler teleports them and accidentally teleports them into the danger room. Now in, uh, in this thing, the danger room has automated defenses, which set it to kill when anyone enters it. Yeah. Just like um, you would which do I think is weird. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> a training, like in a training thing, it's supposedly set not to kill you when you enter it. <laughs> 
This is gonna. Uh, um, has, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna bring this back up for episode three too because there's a scene in episode three where Wolverine's like, you know, it's easy to get into this air vent. We should electrify it and put poison gas there. And I'm like, oh, so Wolverine <laughs> is designing all of this stuff to be around this high school. Now this yeah. makes sense to me. Yeah, now it makes sense. He's trying to kill these students. I get it. The, um... <laughs> they Xavier calls Scott and Jean to to, to help. Uh, the danger room starts doing its thing. Scott shows up and like starts showing off his powers and killing the cannons. Jean shows up and uses her telekinesis to save Kurt from like the weird metal tentacles. Um, mm-hmm. And I was really thinking like this entire time, I'm like, they're just not going to like, can somebody just go to the control room? Like what is, why are we doing all of this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then sure why enough, Xavier shows up. <laughs> there's, there's no like safety protocols or whatever on this thing. And when they said, when I like to think of it, this isn't what happens, but I like to think Xavier says like, go help. And he just wanted them to go turn it off, but they went in and started shooting robots. Just you know, I meant use the do. goddamn Harmony remote, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. There's an activity well, like, configured so turn on the off front the goddamn screen. danger room. Yeah. <laughs> Google Google Home. I'm gonna need you to stop killing these kids. Yeah. Okay. Google, Google, Google save the X management. Yeah. <laughs> Google it's the next one emergency. Um. Yeah. So uh, as they're doing so, Kurt accidentally reactivates it, um, but Storm shows up to shut it down again, uh, which is good. Uh, Toad like gets out of there; he does not care for this, and uh, and and Scott apologizes. Yes, uh, for the second time in this episode. So you know we're not we're yeah. not fully out of old Scott characterization if he's going to be apologizing. At least he's for saying him. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll get to a not Gene eventually. So um. I hope so. God, I hope so. Um, <laughs> Kurt Kurt says like you know I almost got you guys killed. Like he blames himself, so he leaves. Uh, the, the subplot that lasts all like two seconds. Yes. Um, Wolverine arrives. Yeah, Toad. <clears throat> and as, yeah, as Toad yeah. is escaping, Toad runs right into Wolverine, who immediately pops his claws and is like, I'm going to kill this high school student that smell- <laughs> yeah. smells like death. <laughs> this is an offense to my Wolverine <laughs> senses. I can't yeah. have this anymore. Um, and it was, luckily, Xavier stops him and, and Wolverine says, yeah, I came home because I, I thought some trouble was brewing. I smell trouble. Uh, and well, he, he specifically he makes fun of the kid. He says, I smell trouble, but it might have just been him. Like everyone's getting in fucking owns on Toad <laughs> during this. <laughs> oh, man. I wish they had made Toad the, the morph character. Just have Wolverine inexplicably love him so much. Right. Like, love to- <laughs> just grab him. Give him a noogie. <laughs> like, so funny. God, you smell bad, but I love you, you little weird fucker. <laughs> especially if that was the line like the whole cartoon was this up until that point and then he grabs him and goes you weird little fucker i love you (laughs) excuse me (laughs) that'd be amazing Uh, Uh, i like calling anybody a weird little fucker i think it's funny (laughs) weird little fucker is good um kurt um, has gone into the uh the hangar that is uh always in the x mansion and uh is checking out their their blackbird which scott explains is the sr-77 blackbird which is mm-hmm. much faster than the sr-76 or whatever other number that it had because so, so, yeah and he's like if you stick around i'll teach you how to fly it and then this because it's uh, a you know cool uh this kurt decides to stay yes so mm-hmm. uh decides it doesn't matter that that he killed him uh, and this is where he's just like, I almost, you know, I almost killed you. And Scott's just like, just don't do it again. <laughs> like, you know, he's, he's real, real Mr. Slick during this in a way that, again, I don't really care for. Um, the, uh, then we go back to the high school. Uh, the principal's yelling at Toad, running away from the mansion. She's like, I'm sure, I'm sure they erased all your memory of the thing too. She wanted intelligence or whatever. 
Um, and kicks him out, and then we find out it's Mystique. And Mystique's there, and we're like, oh shit. And it's comic book Mystique, so she has her skull, or her belt made of skulls, which I love. Hell yeah. Um, the, uh, <laughs> and then Magneto shows up behind her, scaring the hell out of her. Which, which is with, also uh, good. And, I like this. Yeah. As his weird, like, floating cloak that he has in this cartoon. And uh, so there's a, apparently there was a little bit of drama over Mystique's design. Like, I think the um, the the creator of the show really wanted her to be like naked Mystique, like in the the movie. Mm. And then like Warner Brothers was like, no, yeah, yeah, hold up. Do we even have to say this? Do you, do you know why you can't do that? Right? Yeah, like, we're not gonna we're not gonna draw, we're not gonna let these teenagers be exposed, exposed to naked Rebecca Mornay or whatever her name was. Um, yeah. About. So yeah, and that's that's pretty much end. Magneto shows up, scares her, and kind of mind talks to her somehow, which I find very hilarious, probably using magnetic particles or, or something. And then uh, that's it. That's the end of the first episode, and we are into X-Men Evolution. Yep. And I don't, like, I mean, as, a, as an episode, this is fine. There's things I like about it. Um, I don't think it's a really great first episode. I don't think this is established enough yeah. for me. I think um, in talking um, about it with you, realizing like how little amount of world building is here, like it really relies on the audience to know a lot about the X Men going into it because like yeah, who is Mystique and like it's it's not stuff like okay, Mystique could conceivably be a mystery, right? Like who is Mystique and who is her like mysterious benefactor or whatever. Um, but just like you know, I know who Xavier is, but like they never say that he's the professor. <laughs> they never like talk about like what there's, he's doing with these kids. Like it's just there's no reason he's the boss of. Children. Children. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> like Dark Souls title card. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 like, I don't, I, I don't know why, why he's Xavier, boss of children in this. Like, and, and it's like, here's the thing is like, you can, some things you can, you can assume, right? Like, every time Spider Man shows up, I don't need his whole origin. Sure. And stuff. And, but this is such a, a clearly adaptational work. They've changed so many things that even if you do have that X Men knowledge, you know, even myself as somebody who's pretty knowledgeable about the X Men, didn't know uh like the specific stakes of this well enough like yes i know who xavier is but what kind of version of, like what's xavier's plan yeah. what's he doing because he doesn't have the the school he's not doing it he's like teaching these kids but he also is very purposely like keeping them in school for some reason well i mean you know that i don't for, for some reason it's because wolverine walked out of the fucking job and only storm is there to take care of all these yeah. kids <laughs> she's trying to teach everything <laughs> yes. like, she, she like T- takes off her her uh, her her lab coat size and then puts on a uh, a coach outfit to teach Jim the next period. <laughs> you know, like, um, you know, robots to that. teach all that shit. Yeah. The um, but yeah. So there's something about you know this, and maybe they will get to that. Maybe at some point it was a school, and he sent sent people to public school, even if it's just a line of like, oh, I wanted people to integrate with with humanity or something. But just give us that, like have a scene where Xavier is like looking at a portrait of the old school with Storm and Wolverine. And I think a beast is an adult X-Man in the show, too. Yeah. Um, shows them and then it's just kind of like, you know, they used to have the school and then something happened and set it up as a mystery. Not as like it, it has that Dark Souls three problem where it's like it's not the sweet spot for a mystery. Like you want to get somebody asking questions, but you want to give them enough like tantalizing hints mm-hmm. to 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 want to answer it themselves. And this just kind of it's like it feels like they didn't think about it. You know, and there's nothing in the next two episodes either. Like the, during the first three episodes of this, they do nothing for that. There's zero world building. Yeah, there's not. So. There's just not enough context for some of this stuff. Um, <clears throat> and you know, the we, we talked about this at the beginning. The animation is fine. I'm 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 generally on board with all of the characterization so far. Like, is you know, 
the Cyclops being different doesn't really freak me out too much. Uh, I like Kurt a whole lot. I think he's he's pretty mm-hmm. cool. He's pretty fun. Um, Storm seems like Storm. Like she's no better yeah, or worse than like really any other. Like at least they named her in this one. <laughs> like I hate yeah. going back to that, but like she at least has a name. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, so like this is okay. I do think that they could have done a stronger opening, but again, like you know, limited budget and all that stuff. So, uh, but it it does set the stage for some some cool characterizations, and I I like the fact that it is an adaptation that I haven't really experienced before. So it's mm-hmm. it's very much like uh, when they released Ultimate X Men and things were j- very similar, but like subtle things and some very direct things were changed enough to make it fresh and interesting again. And so I'm yeah. I'm kind of here for that to see where this goes, especially because season two and three are so widely well regarded as being some of the best X Men story stuff that I'm I'm okay, sure, like I'm I'll get there, like I'm I'm kind of on board for it. Totally, I I want to love it. Yeah. Like I want, I mm-hmm. want it to become that because uh, that's yeah, I love X Men and it's got that reputation. I really want a good version of this. I just don't think it's setting its its best foot forward, which is fine. That's not an unforgivable crime or anything. Uh, and I actually do think even even though they don't do the world building, I do think the next two episodes are actually better. Yes, uh, than mm-hmm. this first one, specifically the third one. I think the third episode is pretty good. Um, I like the treatment of Rogue in this, and it's so. our return of our good friend Cody. <laughs> yeah, I love that Cody's back. Um, I love that they did Destiny. Yeah, yeah. It's weird, you know? Um, that's cool. Like that's uh yeah, that appeals to me. Um if you uh so we'll be back in two weeks' time. Yes. If you like this show, please hit us up and uh rate and review the show on uh Apple Podcast. And we'll go to patreon.com slash duckfeed TV and throw us uh some dollars. Yes, absolutely. That goes a long way to supporting the network and you get a bunch of cool features. There's a uh a fire hose of content that you can get access to, which is a ton of episodes uh, are the regular podcasts. You can get those early. You can get exclusive episodes of abject suffering and uh, crazy weird episodes that Cole and uh, Gary are doing that are just kind of one off or two off or like random series that doesn't fit anywhere else that are good. Extremely good. You just did a enter the gungeon podcast that uh, was really cool and informative as somebody who had played like an hour of gungeon when it came out on ps4 it was like this is too hard and then wanted to get back into it and that kind of inspired me to get back into it and i've now suck about 10 hours into that game so <clears throat> i got a second one coming up excellent yeah I, I, I came up with some other 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 tips um that comes up in a, a couple days i real i had a gungeon moment and just because i you know just happened i spent forever thinking i hadn't unlocked one of the secret characters and i did unlock them and I found it out last night. I was like, "Oh, I actually have that dude." Had you been had I you just, been working on unlocking him for a long time? And yep. like, <laughs> yep. And and I just missed the little thing. Like when you complete all the conditions, he shows up. And I in the character select menu, like I didn't think, you know, just when I moved around, I kept passing him, and he looked like background mm-hmm. stuff. So I have all the characters in that game, uh, and I am fairly close to unlocking the stuff with him. And then I will have actually beat all of the bosses in the game and will you know could could more reasonably say like i you know i'm done with it but it's so fun to play that i that i haven't wanted to because it's yeah uh, i love it i spent um a lot of hours on the couch this past weekend playing doing nothing but playing gungeon and listening to podcast so mm-hmm. it's um, a great combo so yeah, go check that out. Patreon.com slash Uh you can um ask Gambit or Beast questions still at Curious Cat dot me slash d-o-f-c podcast uh those are coming out on a regular basis again beast finally showed back up although he's having he's having some reactions to some of his uh scientific tests so uh go go check that out and keep up with the the ever ever growing problems of beast and uh, i'm sure gambit will be there soon as well Uh, and we'll Mm -hmm. see you in two weeks with more x-men evolution good night